Today with Manic episode number eight, Woo-hoo. and joining me today is Maureen and Meredith, the Sturm sisters. Sturm sisters. Um, so today, basically, what we're going to be talking about because this is Manic podcasting, and the whole reason why I started this was to kind of talk openly about literally anything and everything. So I'm going to talk today with Meredith and Maureen about OCD and different mental health issues. Hell yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to open the floor starting out by just kind of like asking you guys, what does it feel like for you to suffer from OCD and what is kind of like your guys' experience with it? The best way I can describe OCD is like it almost is like the same kind of feeling as having a really strong gut feeling, but it's like you just have a really strong feeling that something's going to go wrong if you don't do a certain task. Or yep. like if you don't do a certain, I guess, quote-unquote ritual a certain way. Well, that's the technical term for yeah. it. It's like, it's literally like rituals. Or compulsions. Yeah. It just like, you cannot, you can go your whole day and if you did something wrong, you will think about doing that thing wrong the rest of the day and just feel like you fucked up. Yeah, so it just kind of, like, consumes you. Yeah. What about you, Meredith? Yeah, it makes me... It, it honestly just annoys me. <laughs> yeah, it's very annoying. Because it's, like, like, my brain knows that the stuff that I'm forcing myself to do isn't logical, and, like, but it doesn't matter. It's like a, it's almost like a physical feeling. Like your body just feels wrong if you don't do mm-hmm. certain things. And like I think everybody to a degree has like a little bit of like obsessive compulsive tendencies, but like when it's severe, it's it sucks. <laughs> it really does like take over your life. So what's like an example that you guys have faced recently mm-hmm. just so people can kind of I guess understand a little bit better well, if you feel comfortable sharing. I used to have, like, severe, severe OCD, and, like, it was to a point where if I didn't sit on a certain spot in my apartment, like, I would have a full-blown panic attack and freak out, because mine had to do with, like, my whole anxiety was a fear of throwing up, Mm -hmm. which I still kind of have, but it used to be way worse, and, like, I, I would sit there, and if I was sitting in the wrong spot, I'd be like, oh my god, like, I'm gonna throw up, like, this is going to cause me, since I'm not doing what I do every other night, this is changing my ritual, and it's going to cause me to throw up. And I literally would have a panic attack over it. Just from sitting on, a, like, a spot on the couch. Which I, like, now, looking back, I know that's really stupid. And that, like, where you sit cannot control whether you're going to be sick or not. But it was just... Right, but it's just so, the way like, that you're I works. just was so consumed by stuff like that. Or, like, clothes I would wear, places I would go, things I would watch on TV. Like, it was the smallest stuff would just set me off. Yeah. And so what would you do to, like, combat that, I guess? Was there anything that you could do in those moments? For a while, I just went with it. Like, before I started doing therapy, and then my therapist, like, slowly just had me stop doing my OCD tendencies, and then she'd be like, okay, we'll see, you did that, and you didn't throw up, so, like, obviously... Okay, so you, like, changed yeah, the Yeah, just slowly, slowly, like... 
just had to push through it and do things that I was scared of. That's really the only way that I got over it. Do you and, find yourself, like, still kind of suffering a little bit? From yeah, there's, I still have stuff I do. Like, I don't even notice sometimes, like, my boyfriend brought up, I don't finish the last bite of my food, and I always offer it to people, and I never even noticed I did that, and now it's, like, I, every time I eat, I notice that I'm like, oh, I don't want the rest, do you want it? It's just one bite. I remember when it was so bad for you that every day you would leave, like, you would eat the same thing for breakfast every day, and you would leave the wrapper in a certain spot on the counter, and you wouldn't throw it away. It was crazy. It literally, like, my entire day was just OCD stuff to make sure that I wouldn't get anxious that's crazy because now looking back like now that I don't have severe OCD I'm just sitting here like how did I think wearing an outfit made me sick oh uh, what about fun. what about with you Meredith what are some experiences that you've dealt with, with um mine is a little different than Maureen's because I developed it later on or like maybe I didn't but I didn't notice it until like a couple years ago and then yeah. I got diagnosed with it after I went to therapy because I told them all of my crazy ass thoughts. <laughs> but like, mine is I get nervous that. Sorry, I thought the cat was eating something. <laughs> I get nervous that if I don't do certain things, that something bad is gonna happen to my mom or my dad or my sister. Like I'll get scared that if I don't do a certain thing, that like my sister will get in a car crash that night or something. And it's really weird because I remember when I was younger, I saw, you know, that show, oh, I forget what it was called. There was a show on TLC where they did episodes about different mental disorders and they did one about OCD. And this lady was just like her whole life was consumed with the fear that stuff she did was going to make her mom die. And that's like, and at the time I thought it was so weird. And I don't even know why that started to be my fear, but like. I'll have to, when I do my makeup in the morning, I have to do a specific, like, I have to touch the brush to my face a certain amount of times. I have to, like, I don't know. I'll I'll throw certain things out because I feel like if I keep them, even if they're, like, a perfectly good shirt that I like and I actually wear, I'll, all of a sudden, one day, I'll wake up and my brain will just be like, if you wear this today, somebody you care about is going to die. It's really weird. And it's like you said earlier, it's like your brain knows that it's dumb and it's not actually like that. Like, makeup you use can't control what happens what to happens. your family. Yeah. yeah, but you just, it feels so real that, like, if you don't do those things, you just get massive anxiety. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because when I'm going through, a, like, something in my life that's stressful or making me anxious, it gets worse. Yeah. It's like, uh response to anxiety I guess I don't know but it's really weird (laughs) yeah that sounds very difficult yeah like every night I have to set my alarm a certain amount of times on my phone and then like delete it and then reset it and I've been doing that for years and then like in the morning when I dry my hair I have to turn the hair dryer on and off however many times after it's so weird and it all has to do with like numbers and just like I don't know it's also weird to me is well not weird but kind of frustrating like people who don't know about OCD or like don't realize you have OCD like when I had it at least I felt like they were messing up my ritual like if somebody yeah. came over and visited our apartment 
and they were all sitting like in the certain spots I wanted to sit in, then I'd start having a panic attack because I can't just come out and be like, oh, I have OCD, so you have to sit in a different spot. Like, right. I have to sit there. So then I would just like freak out about that. And it's like people don't even know that you're sitting there freaking out just because they're like doing some minuscule thing. Yeah, and I imagine that over time you guys have learned to like hide it very well. Yeah. And that must be very difficult to try because I know when I have my little like panic attacks and stuff like in public it's very very hard to maintain Mm -hmm. well like Maureen said with her boyfriend with my ex-boyfriend he would notice like I thought I was hiding stuff really well but he would notice stuff and he would be like he'd be like why do you do that when you do your makeup or like, like even if I would try to like face away from him or something yeah or he would be like I don't know he would just comment on certain stuff not in a mean way he just was like saying you know, that's kind of quirky, like, why you do that. Right. And it's like I wanted to turn to him and be like, because my family's going to die if I don't do it. <laughs> but, like... Yeah, because I remember the the first time you had come to me and, like, opened up about what you were going through. Like, I just remember it very clearly, and I remember... I was never like, wow, that's weird. I was more like, that must be super frustrating. It having is. that, like, Pisses that burden... Off on your shoulders at all times and thinking that you're personally responsible for other people or that the actions that you choose are going to affect you. Well, if you know me, you know that I already have anger issues, (laughs) (laughs) obviously. And, uh, but it, it makes me really mad. Like sometimes at work, if I'm already having a bad day and I do, I do fashion photography at work. So like I'll take a picture and then I'll have to delete it and retake it like three times, even Mm -hmm. if it was fine. Yeah. And it just gets really annoying, and I'll talk, like, internally talk to myself, and instead of being like, it's okay, it's gonna be fine, I'll be like, why the fuck are you doing this? Like, you yeah. need to stop. Right. I'll be like, you're just yeah, stop. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you are so frustrated with yourself, but you can't stop. Yeah. So what's something about OCD that you would like people to know it's not being a neat freak. Yeah. Like, I think I think definitely neat, like, people who are neat freaks have a little bit of OC, but that's not severe OC. Like, if you like a clean room, you can't be like, oh, my God, I my OC is acting up because my room is messy. Like, that's not My room's OC. super messy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are people who have severe OCD who it is all about cleanliness. Like, I know that for a fact. Like, yeah. people, like have extreme OCD and are cleaning their houses 24-7, yeah. but it's also, like, people who are just organized. I think it's and, different for... Everybody's plays out yeah, in a different way. everybody's is different. But it just... It's frustrating when someone's just, like, an organized person, and, like, if something is, like, out of place, they're like, oh my god, this is, this is fucking with my OCD. Like, that's not OCD. That's you being an organized person. Yeah. I think definitely the stigmatization of these mental illnesses... And OCD and bipolar and things like that being used today in society as, like, cool, trendy buzzwords. It's it's very disheartening and makes... Even, like, seeing the word trigger now just makes me roll my eyes because... Because everything fucking triggers everyone and it's not even, like, a, like, viable word. Right. They've fucked up... They've completely fucked up that word for me specifically, too, because I suffer with, like, PTSD, and I, like, genuinely get triggers, but now I feel like I can't even, like, say that. Because you yeah. feel like people are going to be like, oh, fucking yeah, right. Like, oh, I'm triggered. Like, people use it well, as a joke. Which oh, is, I know. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> people 
people use it as a joke, yeah. which is completely fine, and, like, I get it, like, oh, I'm triggered, like, sometimes, like, it can be funny, like, I'm not mad about it, but it's, like, give me a different word I can yeah. use then. It's just, like, people now don't understand. people are using triggered for something that's not even triggered, like, some celebrity will wear, like, a really nice outfit, and they'll be like, oh my god, I'm so triggered. Yeah, and it's, it's like, it's... That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> right, and it just, it's just, like, I don't know, and for people who, who suffer from those kinds of things and who really do get triggered and who really do have OCD and bipolar and things like that it makes them feel like they can't take ownership of what they have yeah sometimes it feels like embarrassing to talk about because I feel like people are going to be like oh you're just jumping on the bandwagon it's like like, no I seriously I think a lot of people in our generation genuinely do have mental illnesses because of the weird like area that we're in in history and how we all grew up and like what it's like now and and so I mean honestly probably like eight out of ten of us have a mental disorder but like people are so still weird about it even if they have one themselves they're like Oh, yeah, right. You have fucking OCD. You have bipolar. Yeah. Yeah, right. Definitely. I definitely agree with you. And I think that social media plays a big part in that as well. I think because we have such access to so much information that people are... People like to jump and put themselves in a box. And so much, like, not necessarily completely accurate or helpful information. Yeah, definitely. Also, people take the experiences of other people and just do exactly what they say and what they're feeling and they're like oh well this happened to you and I'm kind of going through that so I need to handle it how you handled it yeah when everybody's different yeah because I know like when I even talk to my psychiatrist it's like putting yourself in that box isn't what it what's important like your symptoms are what's important and then treating the symptoms like even like because with me like I've been diagnosed ADHD bipolar PTSD whatever and like I fit into all these different categories but like none of that matters it just matters like how you treat it and like Mm -hmm. how you deal with it at the end of the day and I think people are super quick to like jump in a box so that they feel understood and so that they feel heard which there's nothing wrong with that but I think also sometimes people can take it a little too far Mm -hmm. yeah same thing with sexuality it's like the same people want to just label themselves to feel good about like feel it's just everything becomes so trendy yeah i don't know i think the internet is really poisonous honestly oh yeah definitely like it started out as a really good thing but every time i get on it now my blood pressure goes up like yeah like like it's just as soon as i get on there i see something that pisses me off or that like just makes me want to roll my eyes i don't know yeah, I definitely agree. And especially there's, like, the new trend of everybody thinking that they have body dysmorphia. And it yeah. stresses me out because it's like, oh, I don't like the way I look. I must have body dysmorphia. No, no. that's and it's not like, Body dysmorphia is, like, when you literally see something else when you look in the mirror. Yeah. And it's not just, like, not liking your body. Right, and, like, when people think... that What pisses me off, too, is when people think dissociation and depersonalization is just daydreaming. And it's like, oh, you zone out. And, oh, I have DPDR. And it's like... No, that's no. like that's not actually what it is. I feel like people, a lot of people, not a lot of people, because like we were saying earlier, I think a lot of people do have mental illness problems. But I think some people just want to like fit in with that category and just try. They want to be to part stretch of what they yeah. actually are going through, or yeah. they're like going through something that makes them uncomfortable that they don't know what it is, and they just like are so quick to like jump to this thing because it like fits what they're going through even a little bit and it's like that can be very dangerous as well because like how you deal with certain situations okay so if you had to give 
I guess anybody, any like tips or suggestions or things that have helped you guys deal with your OCD or kind of like, I don't know, just stuff that makes you feel good about it, which I know is kind of like hard to feel good about OCD, but like what are some things that have like helped you guys through it a little bit? Um, the way I got through it, besides meds, <laughs> um, like well, I was telling Meredith this one time, you have to like do your OCD things wrong at least a couple times to get over it because if you just keep going through your OCD tendencies it's never going to change ever so the way I did it that was most comfortable for me is like if I had a day where I knew I was doing nothing and like in my mind this is how I said to myself if I do this and it does make me throw up well then I'm at my apartment not doing anything like I'll just be here in a safe environment even though I know like it wasn't going to make me throw up but I was like if it does yeah then I'll be here safe with my family like I'm not gonna be out in public and throw up or anything because that was one of my big fears too was like being in public and it happening so I would like I would sit in a different spot on the couch for that entire day and then once I saw that nothing happened I slowly started doing it more and then I just like got out of the routine that's the only way like there's nothing no way to get around it you just have to break it right I'm a bad example because I haven't fixed anything yet (laughs) but that's okay I think every like if you have severe OCD it's never going to completely go away like I still have stuff that I realize I do yeah it's just not like consuming my life anymore I just have a bad history with therapy because I'll always try to go and I'll go like two or three times and then I'll stop going and I don't know why I do that I really don't yeah I know it's bad but I yeah I I mean the only time that I can stop doing stuff is when I get so frustrated at myself that I'm just like fuck you like yeah you're not gonna do this but I mean with mine like I I feel like my mom and my sister and my dad's lives are in my hands even though like I logically know they aren't so it's hard for me to just be like well I'm gonna skip this today because I feel like if I do something terrible will happen I don't know. It's a it's definitely a form of anxiety, but it's a real it's like a way that anxiety manifests, but it's really weird. And like I've had two where I I believe in God and I have like a, a a relationship with God and all that and I always have, but like with OCD, I've kind of almost felt like it's like this sounds so weird. I've only ever told a therapist this, but I feel <laughs> like it's sacrilegious of me because you're supposed to trust that God's gonna take care of you. Yeah. And I feel like it's me thinking that, like, it's in my hands instead of God's. And, like, I don't know. I feel like, like, I've had times where I feel like every time I do one of my routines, it's me, like, spitting in God's face, kind of. I don't know. It's so weird. There's just so many layers to it, and it's... Does that, like, set you back, or does that kind of, like... I don't know, I feel like in a weird way that could potentially kind of, like, help you knowing that God has your back. Sometimes it does. Like, sometimes I'll just, if I feel like I have to do something but I don't want to do it, I'll just pray about it and be like, you know, look out for my family and make sure that they're okay. Like, I'm trusting you. And that helps sometimes, but I don't know. It's it's so weird. Yeah. feels like my brain is tangled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we keep saying, it's like you know how weird what you're thinking is. And, like, 
Yeah, I don't like telling people about it because I feel like... Because it's like other people who don't have it are sitting there like, I can't imagine ever or they're thinking just like, a certain way I put my makeup on is going to control what happens to my family. And it's like, it's such a real thought Yeah. when you have really bad OCD. Yeah. Right. Because I can't imagine because I've never had like OCD or anything like that. I mean, I get my mild anxiety like about food and stuff, you know, where I feel like if I like eat too much and then I freak out and then yeah. I have a panic attack, but it's in like not like an everyday occurrence for me so like I can't even imagine and 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 then there's just this whole like stigma behind it and then like the misconceptions that people have behind it it's weird that we both have it too I know well I can also see it in mom like mom has a lot of OCD tendencies and she doesn't even realize it ever and dad now that he's had like like remember when dad used to vacuum the house like twice a day yep and (laughs) Well, so he won't go certain places now, yeah. and I can tell, like, it's an OCD thing. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, they have done studies before where they say it's, like, a genetic... I mean, it could be... Oh, yeah, definitely. Down. Yeah. Because they, um... Because I know in the Human Genome Project, they have actually found that there's certain mental illnesses that you can trace through people's One DNA. One means schizophrenia. Yeah, yeah, and bipolar as well. Yeah. Yep. You, they can even trace alcoholism in your DNA. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy. Like, if your parents are alcoholics, you're way yeah. more prone to it. Right. And yeah. now they've done studies recently that even trauma can change the way that your DNA... Really? So yeah. weird. Can literally change your DNA so that the way that it impacts you, like, can be passed down to your kids. That's crazy. I know. It's super fucked up. It's, like, wild the way that the brain and stuff works. Brains are weird. Yeah, it's weird. And especially, and especially with what you guys are going through as well, like... So, what is, like, the worst way that somebody's handled it? Handled it? Like, oh, the gosh. like the way that people, like, see it and what's just really, like, pissed you off. <laughs> you can go first. Well, I was gonna first? say, like, before mom and dad really knew... This is gonna sound... I'm not putting mom and dad down because they've both been super supportive with both of our, like, anxiety and stuff. But before they kind of knew, like... Like, when I was going through it, before they kind of knew how bad my OCD was, they just didn't understand, and I could tell they were frustrated, which made me even frustrated with myself, because, like, I even knew it was stupid, so I know they thought what I was saying and going through was stupid, and I could just tell, like, they didn't get it. That was probably the worst experience. I don't think I've ever had an experience where somebody's like, that's dumb. Like, (laughs) what you're thinking is wrong. That's stupid. Yeah. Like, I've never had that I just could tell like people were frustrated with what I did I think (laughs) mine was someone I dated because I finally told them about it and like explained it kind of in the way I just explained it and he was like he thought it was so weird and it was like all over his face how weird he thought it was and I forget what he said we were sitting in my car talking and he said something he was like well that's I mean you know that's not true that's really stupid or something like I don't know he just acted like he was just like (laughs) type thing and I acted kind of hurt right away because like I hadn't really told anybody about it at that point right and then he was immediately like I'm really sorry like I'll try to understand it I just don't get it and 
Um, Which sucks, because I guess if you haven't ever had, like, a mental illness, yeah. it is hard to understand. Well, he was also one of those people that was, like, just very unaffected by things. Like, he didn't even really deal with very much, like, yep, <laughs> she's mouthing his name. <laughs> I knew exactly what <laughs> was I was thinking in the back of my mind, and I was yeah. like, oh. He, he wasn't very, like, emotionally deep let's say yeah he did he might have had issues but he never really dealt with them or like talked about them and he never dealt with anxiety and stuff he was just always like all right like yeah and i think it's so. also hard for for males as well to really kind of even acknowledge whether or not what they're going through is real or mental illness or whatever just because of the stigma behind yeah, guys and their emotions strong. yeah you gotta be strong and man up and get over it like that's mm-hmm. very much how my dad is like i'll try to explain to him oh, like same. my anxiety yeah. and like all that same. stuff and like what i go through and then like even when my even when my dad has this fucking like f- angry outburst i'm like dude like you know why you're having that angry outburst yeah. right it's because this is and this and he's like oh no like I just had a hard day blah 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 and like I try to explain to him my stuff he's like oh it's just all in your head like you need to go like run around the block put on your shoes you well know, it's even like our dad with all the stuff he went through he had to go to therapy and he Didn't just tell wouldn't the tell yeah. the therapist anything like, like he I, acted I went completely with him fine one time because I he was supposed to bring a family member it was like one of his assignments or whatever yeah and I was sitting there in shock because he was not telling her anything he was going through like he has tons of trouble sleeping and blah 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 and uh she asked him how he had been sleeping and he was like oh pretty well and I was just sitting there like are you kidding me it's like this could help you and you're not even trying with our dad I think it's more like it's less like he's trying to be manly and more like he doesn't feel like he deserves help or yeah. like he feels like he's being a baby so he doesn't like well also it's the way he grew up like yeah. his parents his were parents just like, like suck it up and get over dirt it. on it and shut yeah up. that's very much how my dad's parents were as well yeah. even my even my mom's parents too and i think that's kind of like a generational thing oh, as yeah. well yeah is that now, like, we have so much access to information that we're, like, ready to consume it, and then back in the day, it was all, like, I mean, there was were taboo people, and it was looked da- down upon. Yeah. yeah, there were people in mental hospitals who are, were at the same mental state as people with anxiety and depression. Right, right yeah. Like, like, that's we crazy. might have been easily in, in mental hospitals, yeah. in a mental hospital. But, no, but, yeah, back in the day, I mean, you could be sent to a mental hospital because you were depressed. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and that's just crazy. That's just that's just crazy for me to think about. And even nowadays, the way that people are treated in in mental hospitals and things like that is just like not okay. Like I've heard horror stories from a lot of different people, like about their experience, and it's just kind of like sad that nobody gives a fuck. And it's like these people are hurting, and a lot of it you know it's you can link it you can literally link it to the way that your brain develops you can you can find it in the brain you can find you you can literally look at this stuff plain as day and people still don't acknowledge that it's a thing that can happen and people are still like downplaying it the addiction is a choice argument oh it is not (laughs) oh no that's a whole other podcast (laughs) right that could be literally uh, a whole other join us next time on addiction is a disease you know what you need to find you need to find one person who thinks it's a choice (gasps) and one person who thinks it's not oh and have them talk about it so they have my brother they Can have to get be, my brother up here. They have to be willing to be civil. They can't like be screaming at each other. That'd be a yeah, dumb brother up So here. maybe not my brother. Well, my brother if he doesn't drink. Spencer would be good at that because he's. I mean, well, he's kind of civil, but 
Eh. I feel like if, if my brother and Spencer sat down and had a conversation, oh, yeah. they would fight just the way that my brother is. So, do you guys remember the specific time where you kind of, like, realized that you had OCD, and what was your initial reaction? Did you feel, like, a sense of calm? Did you feel pissed off? I don't think I realized I had it until I went to a therapist. Like, I, I don't think I realized I was doing ritualistic stuff until my therapist was like, okay, like, she asked me, like, typical days that I had, or, like, I, I remember, because my anxiety caused an eating disorder, and I would have to, like, record, um, what I ate every day, and, like, how it made me feel, and I think doing all that stuff made me realize, like, okay, you have OCD really badly, and I think also her, like, talking to me and saying, like, I think you have OCD tendencies, and, like, explaining what that was, because I didn't really know, like, I didn't, I was... 14, I didn't know what OCD was. So, I don't think I even realized until I went to therapy. So, after she told you that, did you, like, do you, like, remember your initial feeling, like, oh, yay, there's a name to what I'm feeling, or... I think it was kind of relief, because then I, like, realized, like, it's a, it's an actual thing. Yeah. And there were ways and to... There, yeah, there was ways to, like, help it. Right. But I think it was also, like, frustration, just because I didn't want to have it, and, like... Right. It is a frustrating thing to go through, but it it was mostly relief just because I knew like it wasn't me just being crazy or yeah my anxiety being horrible. Right, right. I <laughs> I didn't really realize I didn't even realize that I had it until probably like two or three years ago when I started to have to I worked in retail and I started to have to reprint tags at work like I would print this sounds so stupid I would print like a sheet of price tags and if if I felt like they were wrong I would reprint them I don't know and there was nothing wrong with them but then when I started to do that I was like okay this is not normal and then I thought about all of these different routines I had going back to like when I was 19 years old I used to have to brush my teeth twice and I had to like rinse my mouth out eight times or something and I was just, don't record this. <laughs> Sorry, I had to record still. And I was just, I just realized, like, that's fucking weird. And it's been part of your brain for a while. Back then, it was, it's, it was something different. It was like, I thought if I didn't do that stuff, that the person I was dating at the time was going to break up with me. Which is, I don't now know. Now you don't care. And now, <laughs> now you're like, damn, I wish I did that stuff. I wish I had <laughs> that sooner yet. but no I don't know it, it's really weird and I didn't realize it until a couple years ago I think like the moment that I thought about maybe I actually have it was when I was I reparked my car at work in different parking spaces like four times and someone saw me doing it someone that I worked with and I was just like like oh this is weird this is weird like if if I knew people were watching me I would feel like this was weird so it probably is and then I don't know it's so weird because your OCD is like completely affecting other people and mine is completely just affecting myself like I have never had the feeling that if I did something like somebody else I knew would be affected yeah it's always been myself and I I've had a couple about myself like a couple times where I felt something about myself but usually it's you and mom and sometimes dad that's wild, the way that one 
thing can manifest itself differently in everybody. And I think that's an important lesson as well to, like, let people know is that it mental illness manifests itself differently in everybody. Yeah. You know, just... That's, like, with you, like, your PTSD is different than somebody else's, like... People usually hear PTSD and automatically think of... Like war. Like war veterans, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, that is huge. That's the main group of people that have it, I'm sure. But, like, a traumatic event when you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah, like, especially over time. Or, like, a car accident, even. Some people... I mean, they'll get in a really bad car crash, and then the rest of their life they're affected by it. Right. Yep. And, And that's PTSD. I mean, anything... Right, and it just manifests itself so differently in everybody. And I think that's kind of, like, it's interesting to think about, but at the same time, it's kind of fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Because... Because you can't control your brain. Yeah, and then you have to, and then, like, even mental health professionals have to think of all of these different ways yeah. to help people. But I know, like, with my PTSD and my, like, weird anxiety about shit that I've been getting lately... Um, the EMDR therapy that I've been going to, like, has helped me way more than CBT, way more than talk therapy has ever helped me, like, ever. So there's, like, so many different things out there that people just, like, don't realize are out there that could, like, Mm -hmm. help them. Or can't access. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, or they don't have the money to, they can't access it, they don't have the insurance, which is a fucking terrible problem in this country as well. And the way that mental, especially since the Trump administration, it's, just the way that the way that people look at mental health is just like not okay yeah it's not especially when you can see it when it's it's science well and people that are like doubtful of mental health problems and all that they always go back to the argument like well when i was young yeah people just dealt with it's like yeah their problems when you were young no one knew that all this stuff was really chemically wrong in your brain started existing like people back in the early 1900s i'm sure had bipolar had ptsd but there wasn't a name for it and it wasn't there wasn't the research there wasn't the money right you were just put off as crazy Yeah. yeah and the fact that people bottled it up contributes to your lifeline so the reason why your grandchildren probably have such bad anxiety was because you didn't deal with your shit when you were going through it, mm-hmm. you know, because it affects it across a whole lifeline. Yeah, and I mean, that's I, it's the same with other diseases. Like, there were diseases that people would get that were, like, fi- I mean, anxiety is physical. Yeah. But, like, a physical illness and that wasn't discovered back then, and it's not like it didn't right. exist. It just wasn't researched. It right. wasn't like really endometriosis, like that yeah. me and my mom both have. Like, that's still a fairly recent yeah. discovery. That women have been suffering from, for, like, my mom was born in 69. She had been suffering from it since she's been whatever age she started her period, like, 13, yeah. 14 years old. And that was years ago. And there's, and they, like, just now made way and gave it a name and, like, realized what the fuck it is and are, like, figuring out And people out are options. willing to accept that because it's It's a, physical. It's a... It's bio, like... Yeah. And even people still, like, and, and even especially us for, for females, not trying to cry the woman card or anything but it's like no, we it's... when when we have illnesses we're not fucking taken seriously yeah. Yeah. because we're being dramatic or we're well, being too emotional or i read a study a while anxiety. about heart attacks and it was like saying how um a lot of women that go to the er and are having heart attacks aren't diagnosed with a heart attack because they think that the woman's just like panicking or being emotional and that like they don't give them an EKG and it causes a lot of accidental yeah. deaths. I've like, read that as well. Yeah. 
Well, like, they didn't find out until, like, they didn't, like, because I read this one article about this lady who went to the ER because she felt, like, weird, and she was like, this is how I'm feeling, blah, 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 and they're like, oh, you're just having anxiety, literally, like, gave her an Ativan or something like that, and then sent her home, and then a week later, she went to a doctor for a checkup, and then they were like, okay, so, so we see here that, like, you had a heart attack, so how was that, like, what did you do for it, all this kind of stuff, and she's like, wait, I had a heart attack? Like, are you serious? Like, I didn't know I had a heart attack. She's like, I went to the ER, but, like, they just told me I was having anxiety, and then the doctor was like, no, like, your chart definitely showed that you had a heart attack. That's why you have to demand, you have to demand stuff if you're gonna, like, if you're taking, you have to take control of your health. Like, you know that with what you've been going through. I was about to bring that up. Yeah. Because, like, with interstitial cystitis, it's basically, like, that's really. That sounds really it's fun to say. Interstitial cystitis. <laughs> I see. Like you should say it like when interstitial cystitis. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, there's nothing that they can do, like a diagnosis to be like look at your bladder and be like, okay, we see that you have interstitial cystitis. Basically, it's process of elimination. So they do everything, like all the tests to see if you have like bladder cancer, kidney problems, kidney stones, all that. And if none of it, like if everything comes up as negative for everything then they're like okay well you have interstitial cystitis and like the whole thing about females not being believed at the doctor is so true because I went to a doctor and she was a female herself and I literally explained to her for the past like seven months what I've been going through how I have all these tests and it's like she didn't even listen to me she was just like oh it's it's just reoccurring UTI like she was telling me stuff that I already knew and she even told me a test to get and I was like I just told you I've had that test well you ended up having to do a lot of research yourself yeah I did I literally did so much research myself because I just even going to a urologist they didn't tell me everything that I needed to know yep well remember that when I texted you that one day when you were so frustrated and I was like you need to just go in and take control and demand say look I know something's yeah. wrong with me, and I need help. Like, you have yeah. to listen to me. Yeah, that's what ended up happening. I went to this one doctor as well. This is when I had first started having my endometriosis symptoms. And, like, with endometriosis, it can manifest itself even when you're not on your period. Yep. So you can have stomach pain all the time, even up to, like, where it's right below your tits. Mm-hmm. Like, it can literally manifest itself Take all, over all over your abdomen. Back, so I was, like, telling, telling my GP, like, telling my general practitioner, like, yo, like, my stomach is fucking hurting. Like, please help me. And they did, like, a colonoscopy, and then they did an endoscopy, and then that was, like, all they all they wanted to do. And then they chalked it up to anxiety, and I'm like, like, look. Like, it's I, not. Like, I know I have anxiety issues. Like, that's fine. Like, I get it. Like, I do have anxiety, but I've never had anxiety like this before. Like, I'm in pain. Wrong. Like, yeah. I'm in pain. Like, even when I'm calm, laying in bed, watching TV, I'm in pain. That's not anxiety. Like, and I was prescribed anti- like, I was prescribed effexor and because i am dysregulated anyways like bipolar ptsd whatever you want to call it whatever category i fit into like you're like that medicine that i was given just like made me go into a downward spiral and i got really depressed and like because i took that medicine for so long i came back to my gp and i was like yo look like this medicine's straight up making me suicidal and i was like i don't want to take this anymore and my stomach pain is still here like, I'm still having stomach pain, I'm suicidal, you need to take me off of this medication. And she wouldn't, because she was like, it just hasn't worked yet. Oh my god, I hate that. And I was like, I was like, no, you need to listen to me, like, if I don't get off of this medicine, then I'm probably gonna kill myself in, like, two days. And, like, for one, if you say to a doctor that, they're supposed to institutionalize you anyways. But, like, she didn't. 
And for two, she was like, no, like, like, just be patient. Like, it'll be okay. Like, you just need to make sure that it works. So with Effexor, Effexor is a, is a hell of a drug. Anybody that's taken it will know. It's very, it's very, very effective for what it's used for, and it's a very good drug for being what it's used for. But when you try to get yourself off of it, the the withdrawals are fucking. T- I was like sick and throwing up for an entire week. Yeah. And like it was just bad because nobody listened to me because nobody listened to what I had to so say to the point to the point where I to the point where I almost like straight up committed suicide because nobody would listen to me. I mean, that and PSA for everybody who's listening, don't get prescribed mental health medication from a GP. Always go to a psychiatrist. Yep. That's just my PSA for the day. <laughs> that happened with me with birth control because I went to an actual gynecologist and I kept telling them like all I was on like five or six different that birth pisses controls. me off, yeah. dude. That I was on situation. like five or six last year and I kept changing and every time I would go back and be like, it makes me feel sick. I'm breaking out. It's making my period super long. I just want to be off of it and back on what I used to be. And they'd be like, oh well. Just give you you need to give it two or three months. It's like and they I wouldn't don't even tell you. They wouldn't even tell yeah. you when they changed your medicine. Yeah, they would that's just what pissed me off. And I was like, I don't want to give it two or three months. I like I feel Miserable. like I'm dying. Yeah. I just want to. I'd rather be off birth control than this. And then finally, I went to Planned Parenthood, and they were like super nice, super understanding, and they did everything they could to get me back on the old one. And it's like, how is like shut up Planned Parenthood a legitimate? Yes. Yeah. True. How is, like, a legitimate gynecologist going to act like that and act like I'm being crazy? And then you go to Planned Parenthood once, and they're, like, super nice, super understanding. Like, did you go to school? Yeah. Like, because I, I have to say, I had a similar experience. I mean, oftentimes, like, those kind of symptoms do subside after a while. But, like, yeah. if you're feeling them so terribly to the point where, like, yeah. just, get the, just get the fuck off. Like, it just, was, like, affecting her eating because it would yeah. make her feel sick. Right. Like, just, just take the, just take the patient off the medicine like if if that's what they want and it's birth control it's not yeah it's not like i was having like little stomach aches it was like i feel physically ill every time i eat it's birth control it's not like it's heart like blood pressure medicine or something like that like that you need like put you on a different one one. like it's not that big of a deal like i had a similar problem with birth control as well like birth control makes me insane fucking crazy i've I, heard tons of people say i that. go fucking crazy it makes my it makes my mania so bad dude to where to the point where like i had i'd punch holes in walls i threw a full ass gatorade bottle at mccable's head from like being on an episode from being on fucking birth control it was ridiculous sounds like dangerous amanda no it was and like i would tell them like like yo whatever like because you have to take birth control and you have endometriosis it's the only thing that helps it and of mm-hmm. course when I take it, I go crazy on it, so I can't take it. Yeah. So it's like I have nothing to help my endometriosis. So like I kept telling them, like, yo, I need to be one on one that has like barely any hormones in it at all, because the hormones make me insane. I go crazy, mm-hmm. like, and and then they put me on like four different types, and then I went through all of them, and they were like, well, there's nothing really else that you can try because everything else is pretty much a subtype of these four main medicines. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, cool. Like I guess I'm just fucked. Well, that was what also annoyed me was, like, they were putting me on generics of the one that I originally took that I liked, and they're like, well, it's a generic, so it's the same thing, it's and actually, it's thing. not. Generics only have to be 30% matched to the real thing, and so also, it's fuck really, you, gynecologist. Yeah, and, also, and also, medication depends heavily on the manufacturer. Yep. Like, people, like, people even on, like, Reddit and in the mental health community and with um, psychiatric drugs as well, like, notice a difference depending on the manufacturer Yeah, of the because drug. even if one or two ingredients change, it can that change That can change everything. Yep. Exactly. 
Wow, I love how we got on this for Mo CD. Dude, well, so I know. It's just everything's connected. Well, yeah, it's important. What's weird about anxiety, too, is that, like, it, it it's kind of like if your group of healthcare people that take care of you know that you have it, it's like any other problem you have automatically, automatically goes automatically. to your, like, anxiety. nah, it's just That's yeah. why it's hard to even talk about it. Yeah. Like, it's hard like to even say I, anything. When I had my appendicitis in February, I... <laughs> My mom still feels bad about this, but, and I don't blame her. I would have thought the same. It was like the boy who cried wolf, kind of. But, like, I told her, like, something's wrong with me. I need to go to the hospital. Like, I'm in a lot of pain. My back hurts. My side hurts. She was like, it's just your anxiety. And even at the hospital, because they could see my chart and see how many times I had come in for, like, yeah, when I w- was going through my really bad anxiety, they were like, well... You probably, nothing's probably wrong with you. And I was like, no, like something is really weird. Something feels weird. I've never felt like this before. And I was like, I need you to do these tests. And they did them. And they were like, you're having an appendicitis. And then I just like in my head was like, ha ha, bitch. Like I wasn't (laughs) happy that I was having an appendicitis, but I was like, told you so. Right. But it's like, you fucking listened and look what happened. Yeah. You know, imagine if, imagine if they would have just sent you home and talked up to anxiety yeah. and you would have, and your appendix would have fucking bur- burst I or whatever. Died. You could have fucking died, dude. Yeah. But, and that's just how it is. Like, you gotta take healthcare into your own hands. Like, the lady you were talking about that had a heart attack, she could have easily died. Yeah. People have died because of that. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's really, it's really important to listen to doctors, and I think that's also important to say that. You know, it's important to listen to your healthcare providers, mental health or otherwise, but I think it's also important for them to listen to you just as much. Yeah. Well, my thing is, is that if you have a gut feeling that something, like mental health or physical health Mm -hmm. or both, if you have a feeling that something's wrong with you and you feel like you're not being heard, Get a second opinion. Yeah, go, yeah, to a go somewhere doctor, else. Because yes. there's always another doctor. There's that's, always, yeah. And I realize people don't have health insurance, and that's hard because I don't have it either. So, like, it's hard to go to multiple doctor's appointments and stuff. But, honestly, a lot of doctor's offices will let you... You know, there's a lot of places now where you can uh, fill out a form with, like, your income and everything, and they'll charge you based on your income. Mm-hmm. You can always find clinics like that. Yeah. And... You can pay the bill later. And with healthcare bills, there's never any interest. So Yeah, and it's an uncollectible debt. Yeah. Right. Take care of yourself. Like, <laughs> That's also like it. Just going, take care of yourself. Going right. back to you saying getting a second opinion, I literally went to a different doctor in the same practice and he's he was just like so much like as going back to my interstitial cystitis thing, the first doctor I went to basically told me like, Well, there's nothing else we can do, like you just have to keep taking medicine and just deal with it. And then I went to the second doctor, and he was super nice, telling me all this stuff, making me, like, feel super positive, and then he recommended physical therapy, which has literally, like, changed everything. And it's, like, just even going to a different doctor in the same practice changed everything. Yeah. Well, and to bring it back to mental health, it's the same with therapists. Like, yep. I'm yeah, being a hypocrite I've... right now because I don't go to therapy anymore because I'm just blah. But, like... If you don't like your therapist, mm-hmm. don't give up on therapy. Yep. Find another I had one. to do that, too. My first therapist just didn't do anything at all. Because, I mean, it's like a friendship or a relationship. Yeah. You're not going to click with everybody. Because yeah. I've been going to therapy since, what, like, 2009? And, like, I just now, like, in 2018, found a therapist I actually like and can tolerate, and mm-hmm. that actually helps me. Yeah. Yep. And, honestly, people are 
I mean, therapy makes me nervous, so I understand, but there's no shame in therapy. Like, yeah. I'm sure a lot of therapists go to therapy, too. Right. I, I think, honestly, every person on the planet could benefit from oh, yeah. Right, because even if you just, like, don't, venting yeah. and, you yeah. Get, yeah. and you get advice from somebody who's unbiased, yeah. like, and then they provide you with coping tactics on how to deal with regular life shit, you yeah. know? And I think it's super beneficial, and I think everybody deserves to go to therapy, but then you have people like my brother and my dad who don't think it's important and think it's bullshit. Yeah. When they could probably benefit. When they could definitely benefit from <laughs> yeah. therapy. Yeah. That's like yeah, my dad, to too. I mean, my dad doesn't think therapy's dumb or anything. I just think he's think not he's, giving it a try. Well, and I think he, he's embarrassed. Yeah, and if he actually opened up and talked to the therapist about what's actually going on, it could help him by milestones. Yeah, and I think it's a lot harder for males as well because the, the whole stigma of yeah. you have to suck it up. Like, they've never, well, like, because a lot of males haven't thought that even talking about their emotions is okay. Like, they literally don't mm-hmm. know how to do it, so it's sometimes very hard for them to take that step yeah. in that direction. Jesse's over there giving the cow bunga because <laughs> I like, guess he agrees yeah. with me. <laughs> yeah, like all the men on my dad's side of the family, they are the prime, like, Example. I will never talk yeah. about my fucking emotions because like, I don't have all. any. Drink about it! Yeah. yeah. Yep. Or, or like, just suck it up. Yeah. Like, go watch some fucking baseball and shut up. But we are here to say, men, (laughs) women. Anybody. Anybody. Gender, non-gender. Gender Gender fluid. Alien. Right. Animal. Ooh, animal. Animal therapy. That's so oh. cute. Pet therapy. Pet therapy is actually. Oh, there's, I know. there's so it's it's there's so many different kinds of like like avenues out there for you that you can research like CBT, DBT, yeah. EMDR, pet therapy, drum therapy, LSD, music, bitch. music therapy, no, no, there's, therapy. There's literally there's literally I know there is. there's literally <laughs> MDMA therapy I know. Where, where you like microdose MDMA and then you get therapy and it's actually like proven to work very well. Yeah. Weed. And then there's Weed. ketamine treatments as well, which are intense. Which are intense and are said to work like it worked for Jesse and it's very expensive though, so so maybe try everything else before you get yeah. to that point. <laughs> but yeah. Boys that feel like you can't go to therapy or have emotions. You can do it. But I think it's cool because I see, like, I said the internet's poisonous and stuff, but I have seen a lot of, like, pro men and yeah. boys getting I have seen that a lot lately. Like, in the past yeah. couple I think, years. Which right, is cool. definitely, which is awesome. I think the good part about people being so open about mental illness, though, on the internet, I know it is con- causing it to be a trend, but it's also making other people not as, like, ashamed. Not as lonely. And yeah. lonely with it. And yeah. making them be like, hey, maybe, like, I'm not as fucked up as I thought. Right, like, maybe I'm not crazy because all these other people are, like, experiencing the same thing. Like, for me, that's how I found out about the DPDR, because I literally just thought I was going fucking insane. I literally thought I was going through psychosis Mm -hmm. just because of it. And then I, like, looked up, and, like, I saw other people's experiences, and, like, I read other people's experiences on Reddit, and, like, what they were going through, and things like that, and, like, I talked to other people with it, and then I realized, like, oh, shit, like, I'm not actually, like, going crazy. Like, this is just something that happens in that people go through like it's just like a like for me it's a part of having PTSD is the right. PDR you know it's like it's like another additive of it and I just thought like I was fucking going crazy so like it's good to find community there and it's good yeah. to find 
out that you're not actually crazy and that other people do go through the same things that you go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's nice to have people that can relate, or you right. can relate to. And also, if you're one of those people that don't actually have mental illness that, like, pretend that you do... Fuck you. Right. <laughs> Or that try to get attention from it, go fuck yourself. Because we just sat here and talked for 53 minutes about how it fucking ruins Ruins our lives. lives. So go fuck yourselves. Fuck your chicken strips. (laughs) Fuck your chicken strips. (laughs) And I guess that's where we'll stop. (laughs)